Welcome, church. Come on in and grab a seat. So tonight is the fourth Wednesday of the month, so that means it's praise and worship. Absolutely. Amen? Yeah, that's what it's going to be tonight. Looking forward to what God is going to show us tonight. So if you were here this past weekend or you were able to watch it online, Pastor Eric shared with us Exodus 33:18, and he said, please, please show me your glory. Eric said also that that little verse in there is the most powerful prayer in the Bible. And that is so true. I believe that completely. So, trying to define glory, to me, is like trying to define beauty. We see beauty, but try to put that into words. What does that mean? What, what, does, what is beauty? And when we think of the glory of God, it's the same thing. I just don't have words. And there's so many manifestations of the glory of God that we could be here all night long. In all the characterizations of the word glory, I have come to the conclusion that glory is the totality of God. It is all his goodness, for he is goodness and peace and love. It is his essence his presence, and his all-consuming light. It is his beauty, his protection, and his armor over us. It is his love for us and is all-consuming and all-conclusive of who he is and his expression. I'm going to give you a challenge tonight. I want you to ask God something tonight. Ask him, show me your glory, God. Show me your glory. And then allow him to show you the way he wants to and what he wants to show you. Psalm 95 is a call to worship, and that's why I'm up here. I'm calling you to worship tonight. But that psalm is also about obedience as well. We were created to worship God. So tonight, please allow the Holy Spirit to write something on your heart. And let me read Psalm 95, verses 1 through 7 to you. Oh, come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is the great God and the great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. And his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice. 
Let's worship. See you. 
start tonight with such a simple expression. God, acknowledging that you're ruling, that you're reigning, Lord, and to posture our hearts uh, towards that of worship. No matter what we're going through, no matter what lies fill our heads, no matter what fear we have, God, that we can stand here in this moment, fix our eyes on heaven, and sing hallelujah. God, and rejoice in knowing that you're ruling, that you're reigning for now, for eternity. So Lord, we cling to the hope of you tonight. You're the one we're here for. Would you continue to come and meet us tonight? We surrender and submit to you. I invite you to come and have your way. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Everyone said, Amen. Just to give you context for our first point tonight, it's you can uh, be seated while we're going to pray. Uh, it's in Mark 10, verse 46. <clears throat> and I'm going to summarize this story for you. And Jesus is with his disciples, and he's coming along to Jericho. And it's important to know that of what's happening. You remember Jericho was raised by the children of Israel when they came in. Seven times around, fell down. And you might also remember is that a, a pagan leader killed his own kids to rebuild Jericho. So this was not a nice place at all. And, and he's coming with the disciples and they come into Jericho and then the, the story goes and there's this blind beggar sitting on the side of the road and his name is Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus. Blind, seated on the side of the road, and then he hears something going on, and when he and they tell him it's Jesus of Nazareth, or Jesus the Nazarene. And when he hears who that is, and, and I want you to imagine this, sitting in the dirt, 
on the side of the road, depending on people to bring you food, depending on people to give you some money for food, whatever it might be. But when he hears that Jesus is coming, he cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And his community, the people around him are like, hey, quick, quick, be quiet. Quit causing a problem. He says, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stops. And calls him over. And they tell him, hey, he wants to see you. He gets up and throws his coat off and starts walking. And I don't know how he gets there, but he gets there. And he gets healed. But our our point for tonight is do you have a desperation for the glory of God? Are you crying out, Lord, show us your glory. Show us your glory in the church, in our body. Or is it, oh, Wednesday, 5.30, we better leave. Make sure we get our seats on time. Our first point is to pray for the glory of God to be revealed in his body in the church. And 2020 has been a record for churches this year as well. Who knew that COVID would permanently close churches? So we need to pray for those churches that there's no longer a community of faith. It's an empty building. We need to pray for those churches like happened in England this past week that the police went in and stopped the service. Stopped it right in the middle and made everybody leave the building. We need to pray for churches that have become fractured because of political ideologies, because of lies about origins. We need to pray for the body of Christ. And I pray that you do that with desperation in your heart because without him, we can do nothing. Let's pray. Oh, Father, God of all, creator of all of us and and overall, uh, words even might escape us as we look upon our world today, our nation, our city, particularly in the days and the weeks to come. And Something that has happened this year that we could never imagine is just what has happened to the body. And we lift up the body of Christ. We lift up the means that you've established to share the truth of the good news through your church. Churches that have been shut, may you reveal your glory to those people that no longer have a faith community to come back together. those places that have become fractured because of something outside of Jesus Christ, something outside of the gospel. Will you reveal your glory there and heal those deep wounds, whatever they might be? We lift up the churches in our own town that they would continue to proclaim the hope of tomorrow through Jesus Christ. that the desperation wouldn't be 
because of a virus, but the desperation would be for you to move within your church. Lord, we just ask that the glory of God would be revealed in your body tonight. In Christ's name. I just want to encourage you to just get comfortable before the Lord, whether it's sitting or standing or praying or kneeling or whatever it is. for you, whatever it looks like, just get there because we have a, you know, an opportunity tonight to press into the Lord's presence afresh, to behold the riches of his glory, to enter into conversation with him. for you uh, just feel free to be you Just wanna see you move. 
Closer than my every step, closer than the song I sing. I want you closer than anything. You're closer than my every breath. You're closer than my every step, closer than the song I sing. a seat. I want to encourage you tonight, first of all, that the Lord loves you and that He's with you. No matter what's going on in your life, whatever kind of confusion and discouragement, He's set His love upon you. You're loved by Him and His presence is with you. I was reading my devotions this week where Jesus sends the disciples into a storm and then He comes to them walking upon the water, and he encourages them. He says, I want you to be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. We need to pay attention to the be of good cheers in the Bible, especially when Christ is declaring that to us. But Jesus says, be of good cheer. It's I, don't be afraid, while the storm was still raging. If I were the disciples, I'd be a little bit more comforted by that declaration if Jesus calmed the storm first. <laughs> He works that same way in our lives as well. If we're in a storm, hear those words. Be of good cheer. It's I. Be not afraid. Jesus is with you. He loves you. It's all in his hands. Our next prayer topic is praying for the glory of God in our government. In 1 Timothy 2, we're encouraged to pray for those that are in authority over us. So I want to read 1 Peter 2, 1 through 7. It says, therefore, I exhort, first of all, that supplication, prayers, intercession, and giving of thanks be made for all men, 
for kings and all who are in authority that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time, for which I was appointed a preacher an apostle. I'm speaking the truth in Christ and not lying, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and in truth. We're encouraged, pray for kings and all who are in authority that we may live a quiet and peaceable life. So God's commanding us to lift up our leaders. And as Paul continues to write, his heart very quickly goes to the gospel. This beautiful declaration that Jesus is the ransom for all. He's paid the price for all. It's God's heart that all would be saved, that none would perish, that all would come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Remember, Paul is dealing with the Roman Empire, a very difficult government to live under. How hard was it for those receiving this letter to respond and pray in a heart of faith for their Roman leaders? I think of Daniel. Daniel lived this well. He was under the thumb of Babylon, and he would pray three times a day. He would stop his day and pray three times a day. He'd get on his knees, cry out to the Lord. Daniel was a busy man. He had positions of authority. I'm sure his day was packed, but he set aside time to pray. I believe God used the prayers of Daniel to influence his leaders, specifically Nebuchadnezzar. He was a man who walked in pride, but God humbled him and got Nebuchadnezzar's attention. Election day is upon us, and for us to be able to pray for God's will to be done. God raises up one and sets aside another as we sang tonight. He's the one who rules and reigns. That God would get a hold of the hearts of our leaders. To those leaders that are Christians, that God would encourage them to those that are unbelievers, that God would reveal his glory to them. I don't know about you, but sometimes in my heart, there's some unbelief here. As we pray that God is big enough to get the attention of some of our leaders, that God is able to turn the hearts of leaders that are hard towards the Lord to turn them to the Lord. So I'm going to lead us in a time of prayer, and I'm going to give you some time to pray individually of leaders that are upon your hearts. For those of you that are joining us on the live stream, you have the ability to interact. And so if you would go to the chats and comments and list a leader that's on your heart. If you're praying for a specific leader, then just go ahead and put that in the chats and the comments. And may God give us faith to be reminded that God hears our prayers, that he responds to the prayers of his people, just like he responded to the prayer of Daniel. So let's pray together. Father, we come before you. We thank you that you are with us. And we don't have to be afraid that we can be of good cheer. Would you restore unto us the joy of our salvation? We want to walk in accordance with your word to, to pray for those that are in authority over us. So as there's a specific leader that comes to your heart and your mind, just take a few moments to lift them up to the Lord.
Father, we pray for Governor Polis. We pray that he would come to know you, that he would seek you, that he would fear you, that he would have a respect for you, God. We trust that you're putting believers in his life and pray you give those believers wisdom to be able to minister to him. Just as Paul writes that you are the ransom, you paid the price, Jesus, for all, and you paid the price for Governor Polis and that he would see his need for you. So we lift him up to you this evening. So there's another leader on your heart, just, just pray for them. Father, we pray for Mayor Southers here in Colorado Springs and No, he's got a lot of decisions on his plate and city council. And Lord, may they seek you. You know their hearts. For those that are believers, that you would encourage them. That those that don't know you would be born again. That your spirit would move in their lives. We know they have great influence in our city. So would you lead them and would you guide them and would you direct them? pray over the upcoming election less than a week away let's pray for God's will and God's intervention Lord, you know the beginning from the end. You raise up one leader and you set aside another. We pray for your will, for our presidency, that Lord, your will would be done. Lord, we pray over Proposition 115 and we know that your commitment, your heart is for the unborn. You are the God of life, the author of life. And we just pray that late-term abortion would end in Colorado or that all abortion would end in Colorado or forgive us for the sin of aborting our babies or we pray for those that have had abortions that there would be restoration and healing and your grace and Lord, be merciful to us in this area of life. Maybe there's some authority a little more close to home, a boss, a leader of a neighborhood HOA, some authority in your, your life that you want to lift up and you want to pray for encouragement. Lift them up by name.
Father, thank you for hearing our prayers. Pray you would put peace in our hearts. This is your word is declared that we could be in prayer so that we could live a quiet and peaceable life. Or would you grant us your peace? We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with me and let's continue in worship.
you guys can have a seat for just a second. I'm gonna try and play guitar and talk so it's not super quiet and awkward. Um, but I'm gonna talk about the uh, the last topic tonight. And uh, what it is, is it's God's glory in you. And uh, just as Pastor Mike was talking about uh, to open the service, there's something really powerful about asking God to show us his glory. And uh, it's a prayer that I really believe that God loves to answer. That when his children come to him, and ask him to show us his glory. Because in essence, what we're asking is uh, the Lord to come in close and to show us who he is. And I just want to talk for one second about uh, Exodus 33 and Moses and the Israelites. And, And Moses comes down off the mountain and uh, sees the Israelites and they're worshiping this golden calf and he gets mad at him, rebukes him and then talks about going back up uh, to talk to the Lord to try and atone for their sins. And uh, before leading God's people to Israel or to uh, the promised land, you know, Moses is asking himself the question of man, like who is God? I wanna know more about God. And as he goes back up the mountain, you know, the question that he asks or he says, God, please show me your glory. Because Moses knows that when God shows him his glory, it shows him his character. And here we see Moses asking to draw closer to God by asking the Lord to show him his glory. And what Moses experiences on the mountaintop uh, changes him forever. And he gets a glimpse of God's heart which is full of grace and mercy. And it changes the way that he lives. And it creates this hunger in him and this desire for proximity and for closeness with the Lord in every moment. You know, this hunger for more of God and desiring him above everything else, above all the desires of the world, And I I think that that's the true mark of revival and restoration in our hearts is that inherent desire to put God first above everything else. Everything that steals our attention, everything that steals our focus. And whatever Moses had experienced with God on the mountain was so special that he couldn't even fathom going another moment. And he wanted more. And that's the thing with God's glory in us as it is that it changes us and it should change us. It realigns our priorities and it puts this inherent desire for divine relationship to be back at the top of the priority list. You know, we see all throughout scripture references of the earth being created and God's to show God's glory and us being created in the image of God as a reflection of his light in the world. Uh, But we'll never really reflect him 
if we haven't stood in the awe of him and enjoyed his beauty in our hearts. And our hearts cannot look upon him in awe if we haven't yet seen him with the eyes of our souls. Because ultimately changed lives and a changed world begins in seeing God's glory. You know, we see that in uh, 2 Corinthians 3, when it says, Beholding the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into the same image from one degree of, from one degree of glory to another. Uh, so just as we enter into this time of waiting and worshiping the Lord, just ask yourself, like, have I been changed by God's glory? Am I living in the reflection of God's grace in my life? Is my desire for God a top priority? And if not, ask the Lord to show you his glory tonight. To change you, to put everything back into perspective. You know, I think oftentimes we get stuck in the trap of wanting the blessings of God, but not wanting the relationship. And so tonight, we're just going to take a few moments to reflect on that relationship, to ask God to show his glory in our lives, to put him back in the right standing. You know, I've said it so many times, but there's a C.S. Lewis quote that I just love, and it says, a thousand problems disappear when God's exalted to the right place in our lives. So let's just take a few minutes in in this moment, in this time, to put God back at the top of our priority list. So my love 
Lord, we thank you that you're a God who answers prayers. God, when we lose ourselves, and we start to focus on things that just pull us away from you. God, all it takes is us coming to you, being vulnerable, realigning our priorities, God. Asking you to show us your glory, to show us your power. Lord, we're thankful that you're a God who's full of grace and who's full of mercy. Lord, that even when we go through the motions, We want the blessings, God, but we don't want to put in the time for a relationship. Lord, that you extend mercy, that you draw us back to who you are. Would you help us to refocus and to put you first? God, in these things, whether it be a job, God, whether it be money, whether it be stress, or our own agenda, or that we put before you on a daily basis. would you just help us uh, to put you first? It's when we try to do things on our own that we get more lost. So Lord, we worship you. Lord, we just make the declaration that you're the only thing that's holy. You're the only one that's worthy of our praise, of our worship, of our dedication. saying we're going to sing one more song. Just kind of to put all this, to wrap all this up.
tonight everyone it's always a privilege to worship with you I hope you guys have a great rest of the night and we'll see you back here this weekend